Hey, we're Sons of Daughters. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Crystal, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Why, hello. How are you guys? How's COVID been treating you? Have uh, Crystal and Jimmy, you know, have you gotten into any, any Zoom fights? Crystal and I love each other. We don't fight. We've never fought before. Not even I once. know. It's, it's like, it's such a an anomaly. I don't know how we've gotten seven years without a single fight. <laughs> well, there's always this interview there, Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this could be a first. Let's do it up. <laughs> Cage match first. Jimmy and Crystal. Yeah, a cage match. I'm sure that'll go over. I'm sure that'll go over well. Yeah, man. No, COVID has been. It's obviously. It's so many things, right? It's like, it's been crazy. It's been a lot of like, what's happening? Trying to figure it all out. Everybody's got something different to say, and it's. But also, like, I know obviously it's been a lot of like hardship and mental stuff for people. But I think it's been also a good chance to kind of get sit back and be like, hey, you know, what do I want to do here? Am I doing the things I should be doing with my life? And what's important and let's make sure we do all that, you know, do more of that stuff. And I think there's a bit of a silver lining in all of it. Okay. No, for sure. Uh, Crystal, how have you been? How's COVID impacted you? I've been doing good. I, uh, I had some time to kind of do some groundwork in Ontario. I quarantined in Innisfil, Ontario for about 80 days almost. And just kind of like made sure I took the time, kind of what Jimmy was saying, like, when you're kind of forced into a pause like this, you have a lot of time with yourself. And so I kind of did the same thing, just kind of asked those questions like, all right, what do I, what am I doing? What do I want to be doing? What do I want to change? What do I not want to change? And kind of did that groundwork in Ontario and then came to Vancouver to spend time with family and friends. And I mean, for Jimmy and I, the only thing that's kind of stopped for us on a music sense is live shows. And we've even managed to like, get a few um, online shows going to kind of keep that, you know, keep that train rolling. But we're still writing lots and we're actually looking into starting to record. And so if anything, the, the biggest thing that's changed for us is just the live, the touring. Now, you mentioned about touring, like, you know, doing online shows, which I think a lot of acts are kind of getting into trying to keep both themselves and the fans in a state of, I guess, sanity. So I assume you're both experts on social media. Uh, I'm just thinking, like, Crystal may be more in tune with it. Is we're like, you know, we're besties on Facebook. Yeah, Jimmy, you got me like, you know, left in the dust here, bud. Like, I'm going having. I'm gonna have to shoot on you a bit here because, you know, I'm gonna put Crystal over as the superior son of daughter member because, you know, we've been chatting for weeks that our favorite bands, our favorite sports teams. Like, where are you two, Jimmy? Like, what's going on? Like. You know, you must see the message, and you must be like, oh, that's Tobin. I'm just going to toss my phone away. You know, he sees the message come up, and you're like, I'm hurt, Jimmy. I'm hurt. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, it, I have no idea how that stuff works. So <laughs> Rest assured. I actually have no idea what you're even talking about. <laughs> Crystal? Uh, come on now, Crystal. Just go along with it. Jeez. <laughs> All right, so we got our giggles out of the way. Uh, so tell me, how did you guys form this band? Take her, take her away, Jimmy. Basically, uh, sons of daughters. Crystal and I were in a um, we were in a cult uh, years, oh. years ago. Okay. And it was called Sons of Daughters, and 
we wanted to get, you know, like both of us escaped the cult and we wanted to honor it because it is, it is a part of our history. So we just wanted to make sure that, you know, we, we bring that with us and don't forget where we came from. Okay, see, like, you know, my eyes are rolling because I know you're lying, but I'm going to bite. Explain the cult a little bit more to me, Jimmy. Like, tell me more. Like, tell me more about it. Like, was it all sons, one daughter? Were they all daughters, one son? Like, you know, come on. Now I got you. You, you backed yourself into it. Explain it a little bit more. That's, it's, you got to be careful with that stuff because, you know, if we start talking too much about it, then, you know, there's ramifications sometimes. Well, let's just say you're safe right now, and I don't want that to change. Okay, but, like, see, Jimmy, I think I'm always safe. I'm in Newfoundland, right? I'm on an island, so I feel like I'm always I'm <laughs> yeah. always pretty safe here. No, you know what, man? We kept getting we, we kept getting um, called, like, you guys are like, your music sounds like the love child of Dolly Parton and Keith Urban and all these blends of different people. Like, you sound like this and you sound like that. So we're like, okay, we're the sons and daughters of our musical influences, so... Any anybody that is a musician today is inspired by somebody else. So I don't know. We're kind of proudly putting out. It's our own sound, but it definitely has, um, you know, a history of where it comes from. Okay. Okay. See, I'm not really buying that one either, Jimmy. And see, this this is this is the problem. You could be totally telling the truth here, but now you've already sold me as, you know, somehow being a part of a cult. And now I I just can't believe you anymore. Why are you doing this, Jimmy? Uh, you got you got to make it more, I guess, believable, right? Like you know country music uh saying they're in a cult like what's the cult listening to garth brooks and getting cowboy hats and you know come on now jimmy <laughs> okay i'll work on it i'll work on it i don't know i kind of believed it <laughs> i was like oh well, yeah i remember those days, cult days. <laughs> <laughs> oh the cult days well you know that's the the emo the emo phase you know well i'm i'm, I'm kind of glad that you're you're out of those emo phase days i guess they're over i wouldn't call it a phase i'm still there okay (laughs) i see i'm i'm emo emo to the day i die (laughs) lifestyle okay so like i see so look so you're saying that you're creating this like new wave of i guess country music like emo country because like you know people like pop country and some people like um, just the old-fashioned country, but like, oh, here you go. You're going to try to make everything, you know, controversial here and come up with emo country. Uh, so, what, <laughs> so what's it going to be like? Crystal there screaming her head, screaming her head off, banging, going like, you know, like, ah, 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 and then Jimmy's like, I'm doing a little, 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 little. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's hard, it's hard enough out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Got to pay the bills somehow, right? Uh, so, Crystal, uh, who are some of your influences, and how did this translate into you getting into uh, the music side of things? Yeah, I mean, my musical uh, tastes have been all over the place, kind of, and they still are. Like, I think my first—I don't know—my first love for music happened when I was in choir and you know musicals and that kind of stuff, and that. That uh, developed into a love for kind of just 70s classic rock. Like I was a huge Zeppelin and Stones and Bowie fan for many years. And I grew up with uh, country with my mom when I ever went to Ontario to spend time with my mom. She always, you know, was playing the Judds and Reba and, you know, the kind of 90s country, which I I definitely loved. And then, and then like you mentioned with the emo stuff, I think I... Uh, to, um, 
Queens of the Stone Age concert and Nine Inch Nails was opening and Nine Inch Nails completely like changed my my path, my course on the music I was listening to at the time. And now right now I'm just, you know, I'm really loving these like correlated uh, playlists that Spotify puts on because I find every day I can discover new artists. I'm, I'm really, really loving like a singer-songwriter kind of playlist and the, the Gregory Allen Isaacoffs and, and that kind of stuff. But I mean, I, I just feel like I love music in general if, if, if I connect with the song and that's all it really takes. I like to say I grew up on Mutt Lang. <laughs> Mutt Lang, okay, Jimmy. I don't know if you're if you're telling me a joke or if that's a real person. I feel like you know now that I'm saying this, if that's a real person, people are gonna come after me and be like, "How do you not know who Mutt Lang is?" But if it's not a real person, they're gonna be like, "Oh, geez, why did he talk about how he knew Mutt Lang and he didn't know Mutt Lang?" So I'm not even gonna lie. I'm just gonna say that. What? But here's here's one that I'm going to toss out to you, Jimmy. And there's a reason I'm tossing this out. So keep that in mind. What about you know Reba? Great singer, great actress. Uh, I love the show Reba. Now you you have a tie into Reba. So explain this story. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen Reba. I've seen Reba. She's actually a pretty good actor. She's she's kind of like you know the, just the all American mom. You know, she's like preacher's wife, kind of like just. Yeah, it's, it's it's I've seen it. I'm not like up on my Reba, but I've definitely seen it too. What? She's also got a, a pretty good sense of humor, right? Reba's pretty, pretty yeah, she's cool. Pretty funny. She, she, she owns a label uh, that Crystal and I um, uh, work with a lot, a bunch of the people there called Starstruck it's on uh, Music Row in Nashville. And, and that's why I brought and, it up uh, there. Yeah, we just we'll go in there to her her label, and there's a studio, there's writing rooms, and we'll work with the writers and. I like, I like that though. I like that you mentioned about the like up on my Reba. Like I think you pitch that to her as like a slogan to like either watch her TV shows or listen to our albums. Like, hey, you there? Are you are you up on your Reba? <laughs> up on my Reba. Yeah. No, no. It's got to be. It's got to be. You, you got to make it. You got to make it proactive though. You got to <laughs> get up on your Reba. You know, okay. Like it's like it's like it's a horse or something that you get on and you ride off. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, listening to Reba. Oh my god, I love that. You know, like, man, Cheyenne, Brock's over Barbara Jeans, and I'm going to need you to get up on your Reba. Yeah, exactly. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good Reba, dude. You, you should uh, you could take that on the road. Okay, well, I, I, I think I will. I think I will take that on the road. You know, Jimmy, Crystal, you seem to like my impressions, or, you know, maybe just put me over a little bit. But let me do my Dr. Phil for you for this next question. Uh, so you two were on the launch... Uh, tell me, how was your time on the show? Um, I didn't like losing. No one ever does. <laughs> you know, I didn't I, like. <laughs> if we're if we're asking. <laughs> oh man, if we're being honest. Yeah, uh, but you know what? It's it's okay because I think a whole bunch of other cool things happened. It was like it was awesome to play in front of you know Nikki Six and Dan Huff. And uh, Scott Borchetta, you know, Scott Borchetta is a powerful dude in town. You want to know and you want to be on, you know, his good side. And, he, you know, his company, Big Machine, has a lot of the biggest country artists signed to them, signed to it. And, you know, so it's cool to, to sit in front of a guy like that and Dan Huff, you know, who has recorded basically every, you know, big song over the last however many years, like decades, you know, and like and be able to sit there and have them kind of analyze what you're doing and say, hey, you could do this better. Or you could do this. So that's an it's a valuable process in itself. And then, you know, it's cool that Dan Huff pulled us out of a lineup afterwards, like after we stopped filming and was like, you guys are awesome. Like reach out to me, give us, 
you know, his cell phone number and, you know, all that stuff happened from that show. So I think it was a, an amazing thing to be a part of, but it's also one of those things where, yeah, anything, I think anything I want to do, I'd love to win it, you know, that doesn't always happen. I don't think Crystal and I have ever won a competition, by the way. Nope. Oh, well, now, see, I feel a little bit sad for you, but, uh, you know, if it makes you feel any better, I have this group, we meet, like, every week, we sit and talk about just, you know, not winning in life, we're just a whole bunch of losers, like, mostly it's video games, and, you know, dates, and people standing us up, but, like, you're free to join, you're free to come and and join the group. Thank you, thank you very much. Now, of course, like, you know, we have this Battle of the Bands. We have that every week. It's like every Friday night. Now, you know, I I think you could win. But see, sadly, Joe, he plays a mean, mean fiddle. And he's also the judge. So, you know, there's a little bit of bias there. And there's nothing much we can do because he kind of runs the whole place. So I'm I'm sorry. You're probably going to be a runner-up there, too. That's hilarious. So, like, tell me more a little bit about the show. Like, were you guys nervous to be on the show? Was, like, did you get anxiety? Because, I mean, you're looking at some big people across, right, that are judging your music. So, were you nervous? I mean, there's always the, the, you know, anxiety or nerve, for me at least, anxiety and my nerves were, you know, on edge because they kind of want to get you that way. They kind of put you, they have tons of cameras on you and lots of lights and people and they kind of you have you in like the backstage kind of holding area right before you go out there. So, I mean, I was pretty nervous going out there, but once you're out there, I mean, the judges and Scott, I kind of, if anything, they were, they were intimidating, but they were also like really welcoming. And, you know, I didn't feel like judged or criticized, like just really felt like we were there to show them you know, what we could do. And I think one good thing with Jimmy and I is we, we take on challenges. I mean, you know, we, we just picked up and moved to Nashville. Like there's, we're not afraid to take risks, but I think, yeah, definitely we're kind of nervous, but it was like exciting that they spent so much time with us when we came out of that interview. I, I remember the, uh, the crew, the production team was kind of like, wow, like they spent a lot of time with you. So I, th- I think it gave us the time to kind of prove our versatility and, and kind of, you know, prove that we can actually work under pressure and, and, you know, so it was a good challenge, but I think yeah. They also, I think Scott the next day like tweeted about our band and said that we took on the challenge, and I think I think we posted that on our Instagram. But he, he was just kind of like, you know, so that's a win too. It's like, you know, he said to the whole industry that Sons and Daughters is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really cool. Um, like, cause yeah, you can be on a podcast like this, or you know, have someone from Newfoundland or Alberta, or you know, even somewhere in the United States wherever tweet about like hey check out sons of daughters or check out this song by sons of daughters and it it doesn't i guess have as much of a reach or have as much um i guess not not really leverage but just impact as say like a radio like a radio station doing it or a record producer that has maybe seen bands kind of come they either took them under their wing and helped them get to the next level or they could be still managing these bands so like i feel like it could be the exact same message that they're tweeting out but because it's like a record producer or a label or just someone like in the actual music industry it helps the band just get noticed so much more i think that the 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 person from newfoundland is just their opinion of of our music is just as important as scott bruschetta's in my opinion, everyone's opinion that likes our music. Yeah, it's just as it's a, but I do understand what you're saying in terms of business. 
yes, yeah, you know, a person in Newfoundland isn't investing a million dollars into my radio promotion. You know what I mean? No, no, exactly, and that's what I'm trying to get a, get across, right? Like, you know, yeah, every fan matters, and every person's opinion kind of matters, and you want that. Like, you want to get the positive, but, you know, when it's a, a label that's doing it or someone that's actually going to put money into this to help you reach your goal, it, it's just, yeah, in a sense, it's business. Now, it's funny how you actually mentioned this, um, kind of ties into what I want to talk about here is I stumbled across you from planning an interview with the Hunter brothers and their agent said like, you know, would you, would you like to interview this act as sons of daughters as well? And I was like, sure. Like, you know, I'm up for interviews. I'll interview anybody really. So I listened to some of the songs and I bought the ones that I liked. I, I enjoyed. So I bought them off iTunes. So, you know, contributing to the cause there. Yeah, like I just really enjoyed the sound and how you guys gel together. Hey, thanks, dude. All right, man. Like, I don't know. Any anytime somebody like buys our CD or like so downloads the record, it's like, man, you're spending your money on stuff on something that like we put our whole heart and soul into, right? So the fact that you're doing that, even giving it a chance, um, means a lot, dude. It's badass. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Like, you're you're welcome. I mean. It, thank, thanks, thanks for making good music that I can buy. I guess an aspect of this, and it might sound like a silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because, you know, that's what I do here. I ask silly questions. Do you see, you know, the video first before writing a song? Or do you write the song and then picture the video? And I know someone's going to listen to this and go like, man, what a dumb question. But I'm going to explain it a little bit further. You know, when I'm in a mall or I'm in a shop and, or I could just be out on the town, right? And you see a video in the store, but they don't play the music, I, I guess because they don't want it to be drown everything else out or they have their own music on. But I'm looking at the music video and then I'm picturing in my mind, okay, this is how the song sounds. And then when I go home and listen to it, it could be completely different and it changes my perspective on it. Sometimes in my mind anyway, I think a video comes first and then the song. Like you have an idea of like, you know, what about if we made it like, you know, we're in a swamp somewhere or, you know, we're out playing soccer or it's raining and, and we're going to make a rainy day song kind of thing. Like that's what comes to my mind first. But I guess I'm going to shut up and, you know, ask you, what's your process? Well, the song usually comes first, but I mean, I remember when we wrote I Picture You, one thing we kept saying was in the writing room, I was like, man, I can totally see the video for this. But usually what we do is we leave it up to the director's hands. Like we um, we pick a director and we talk with our team about it and uh, we send the song to the director and they come back with their treatment. And then that's where we just kind of read the treatment, kind of. Uh, you know, give our two cents about it and, and, you know, share our creative vision with the director and the team. And, and then we go. And uh, I mean, what if we say was, was such an amazing day. Like our director rents this area in Ontario. It's like stuff, stuff, Stouford, maybe. Yeah. Elton John lives, has a house there. Yeah. There's these crazy mansions and he found this one, this um, kind of like a, an empty mansion that just has all this crazy wallpaper all over it. And it, people rent it out for movies and stuff. And that was definitely one of my favorite videos because Jimmy and I did the most like acting that we've ever done in the video before. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was dope. That was a wicked video. 
Okay. No, no, no. I, I agree. And I like how you kind of brought in the... I picture you a little bit of a, a movement there on Instagram where you ask people like to post their pictures. Uh, like, you know, it's good. It's good marketing, but it's also uh, I, I really enjoy the video as well. I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but I just want to bring it back full circle here. What have you been doing in your own lives to stay busy during the pandemic? Like, how are you guys keeping sane? Right. I mean, I'm um, I'm at home with my family. Um so I don't get to see very often. So I've been spending a lot of time with family and friends. It's, it's very rare that I get to be in Vancouver for kind of a, an undetermined amount of time. I'm usually here for you know, five days. So you're running around. But I've been kind of running around discovering Vancouver as if I'm a tourist and uh, trying to stay fit and healthy. I mean, my quarantine in Innisville, I just kind of sat around. So now I'm in Vancouver, just hiking as much as I can and seeing friends and getting out on the water and reading a lot, writing a lot, that kind of stuff. And Jimmy? Yeah, mine, it's, mine's been like, I've been in Nashville. I've been uh, just doing a lot of like writing on online, doing those Zoom writes, doing lots of productions, working at my computer. Um, I do a lot of that anyway, so it's like not, that part really didn't change. And then been going out for walks just to get out, you know, stretch and enjoy the weather. And been hanging out with my girlfriend. We'll go for drives, and you know, we're gonna go to Florida. And, you know, two weekends from now, just like go for two, three days, go to Florida. I've never seen Florida. Okay, interesting. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, like uh, I hope you enjoy your time, and you know, of course, stay safe. Uh, we had our friend actually, or not, we had our friend, uh, we had your friend, uh, I hope she's my friend, Allie, on a few weeks ago, and we were talking about TV shows, and she gave Crystal and uh, and you a shout out, uh, you know, to come down to have a How I Met Your Mother marathon. Uh, I forced an invite, no shame there, no shame, like she was like, oh, I'm going to invite everyone down, I'm going to have Crystal and Jimmy and... You know, every other basically Canadian act that I know. And then I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Um, can I come? And then she was like, uh, sure. And I was like, uh, that didn't sound too confident. But yeah, I forced an invite. So no shame there. Oh, nice. Uh, I'll have to reach out to her. That's really sweet of her. That's awesome. Allie's awesome. She's great. She's talented, too. Yeah, yeah. No, like she also gave uh, shout outs to Kelsey Kulik and a few other Canadian acts where, and I think that's cool because, you know, that you see this pride with acts supporting other acts from here. Like just saying like the Hunter Brothers showing love to Jess Maskaluk. I, I could have probably just butchered that last name. So if Jess, if you're ever out there listening, apologize for that. Or, you know, like a Dean Brody and a Dallas Smith kind of giving a shout out to either say someone like the Recklaws or even teaming with the Recklaws or themselves. You know, it's like Canadian acts helping Canadian acts get noticed, whether you're big or you're small. Uh, you know, you're, you're basically kind of creating this, I guess, bubble or a platform basically to say we're all Canadian music. We're all going to support each other. If I'm the top of the top here. I want you to reach it with me, but I'm going to help you. Or if you're at the bottom and you give a shout out to someone at the top, then they notice it and they're like, hey, maybe we'll have them on our tour with us. So it feels like it's going full circle. And I'm like, geez, like it sounds so Canadian, but it kind of gives you this, like it's like a brotherhood or a sisterhood of Canadian musicians, right? Like you're all in this together and you're going to support each other. And it just kind of gives us Canadians like an idea of, all right, they got each other's backs, 
So, you know, wow, okay, I'm going to check out this person's music now because this person gave him a shout-out. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the Canadian. It doesn't surprise me that Canadians, there's so many talented Canadians. Like, the whole – like, the when we grow up, we have access to these – you know, they, they think – like, Canada – Compared to the U.S., it sinks money into the arts. They give funding. They give grants. They have ways where you can pay for half of your video, and the government will pay half. No one down in the States knows about this. They're all blown away when we talk about that. So it makes sense if you're doing that to people. The government's helping you in that regard. It makes sense that they're building like a culture where people can get, you know, have music careers and it can and can get good and come down to the States and compete. I don't know. I think there's there's maybe a little bit of pride going on like in, in the Canadian scene, and I think it's cool. I think that's why people give each other shout outs. It's like, yeah, I can help it too. Like, Ali, you know, you guys are killing it. Whatever, you know, it's like, it feels good, right? What is your plans post COVID, or I guess after COVID? Like, what are some things that you're looking forward to doing, or you know, just getting back, I guess, to doing? Well, once COVID, I mean, guys, this is it's we're shaking so far down the road right now and there may not even be an after COVID but it may be like you know the borders will hopefully be able to open I mean I don't even know if America's going to be able to travel for a long time but I, I want to travel as soon as I'm allowed to as soon as they're like you know what it's safe there's a vaccine we have herd immunity la 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 I'm going to get myself on a plane and go see some of this world because I really want to, and I had a plan to do that before this all started. So I think as soon as I can, I'll you know, do do a little bit of traveling. Yeah, it, for, for me, it's, I think it's more of the same for me. Just keep doing probably more music, and like I want to get you know get to see my parents and my family and hang out, and I want to show my girlfriend my hometown. Yeah, just rocking, you know. Like I guess there's like there's there's two things you can do, right? You can sit around and wait for things to go back to the way that they were. And we don't know that we don't know that that's going to happen, right? So, for me, I'd rather just evolve with the way that things are going right now, and you know, learn. Okay, so you know, how are we going to figure this out? If there's no more shows for a long time, well, we need to figure out how to do that online, or maybe a new way to get our music out to people, or a new way to to do this. And I think that until you're forced sometimes to think, you know, we're we're getting creative now and trying to trying to figure out different ways to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's always good to be creative, like kind of either reinvent things or, you know, find new ways to reach the masses or an audience, um, you know, especially when you do streams. But I, I got to ask, like, you, you, you got to miss, say, the audience being on the row with other acts, like hearing their stories, sharing stories um, yourselves, kind of making memories, like teaming up and saying, like, oh, man, I really love watching them. Or, like, you know, we could do a duet one day with this band. Or, like, you know, just sharing some stuff, like, you know, getting insight. You know, even going to different cities and towns, like, that stuff. You you got to miss that stuff, right? Because I think that would be really cool to be, like, an act and go see all these places. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, all that stuff. I mean, I, I, I just love playing you know music i love all all the edges of music all the sides all the corners you know like making it and playing it playing it's one of the huge huge parts and like i think it's something to do with just the energy of people you know the back and forth between the crowd and and then also meeting people and hearing their stories and how you know music affects them and then also just being and seeing all our friends you know like we live in nashville and we're you know, sometimes we don't see a lot of these people. We see them on Instagram, but, you know, when there's festivals and stuff, you come up and you see all your friends and you throw the Frisbee around, have a beer. Uh, it's, it's good times. 
Mm-hmm. So in saying this, the live shows you've mentioned, you had these kind of booked up. What's the update there? Like, I know you do your own live streams on Tuesdays, I believe Tuesdays. But in terms of actual shows that you had booked, are there any plans, any updates, you know, anything that you can kind of spill the beans? Well, a lot of our shows that got on, a lot of shows we aren't able to do this year actually just got postponed to next year. We were supposed to be on the Megan tour right now, and uh, that got postponed to October of uh, 21. And then same with the other, we had a few uh, festivals in Ontario. We have um, the Big Sky Festival de Et in the in Quebec, and um, yeah, just just a handful of festivals that have just been uh, postponed to next year. So yeah, as I was saying, if fingers crossed, if everything goes to plan and the numbers start going down, and uh, we can play these shows next year. And I'm sure, like Jimmy said too, there's going to be a lot of different avenues that you know, in creative ways to to stay relevant in, in a live aspect. I, I know that there's people out there doing the drive-in concerts and uh, Dan Magnan here in uh, Vancouver has an amazing online virtual concert uh, website called Side Door Access, which I've been looking into. So whether we can do it at festivals or smaller venues or online, I think we're definitely going to be sourcing out uh, live shows in the, in the next few months. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Jimmy and Crystal for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thanks for listening, and good night. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on the Dean Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy democracy is something something you do. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.